All right, this morning's going to be a little bit different because every quarter we give a, a, a bit of a ministry update, and so this is that Sunday. So we're going to get into the teaching to a little bit, but if you'd bear with me for a few minutes, I want to just give a mini ministry update and sort of a snapshot of where we're at. We do this every quarter, and this is part of our um, desire and our value, really, of trying to be transparent and communicate openly and honestly and directly with our church family. Um, so, you know, as a church family, that's what this is. Like, this is the dinner table right now, and we're just going to, like, you know, have a little family meeting and talk about what's up. So, if you're visiting with us this morning, this might be awkward for you, or you might, this might be totally irrelevant to you. I don't know. But bear with me for just a minute. Or actually, maybe it won't be as irrelevant. Maybe you'll find it interesting, or maybe you're, you're curious about the things that matter to us and the things that we talk about and how, we're, how we try to deal with this stuff openly. So, that's, we've got some things we're going to hit on this morning, but coming off this quarter, it was an interesting one because it was a very significant quarter because it was the first quarter that we've been able to, to be able to meet in person. So the quarter started at the beginning of April, April 4th, no, 5th, I believe was Easter Sunday, something like that. And uh, that was our first time uh, gathering in person again. And so uh, all quarter we've been meeting and it's been, it's been interesting uh, to, to say the least. Um, but uh, we're back together again, and, and uh, even though we are regathering and all of that, here's the thing. There's no going back to normal for us. So it's great to gather again, but there's no normal to return to because everything has changed. Our church has changed. Our country has changed. Our county has changed. Our county is constantly changing. We're back to wearing masks, masks again. The makeup of our church has changed. New challenges have been revealed and exposed that require our attention. There's new opportunities that we have. So while we're glad to sort of get back to normal in a sense, it's not normal at all. We're not returning to what it was the way, uh, the way it was before the pandemic as far as collective church is concerned. So um, one of the things that we were able to get into as we started to regather again is um, just what it means to be a church. And so what we're doing as we are regathering again and coming together again is we're hitting reset in a lot of ways. And we're sort of going back to, the, to our roots and what it means to be a collective church. And what are the, what's the theology and the philosophy of ministry and the things and the foundation that was laid that helped to establish us as a church almost six years ago. And a big part of that re-emphasis was our Collective Again series that we just recently finished. That was our study through the book of Ephesians. And um, we were in that for, for most of the quarter, and uh, we were looking at the collective nature of the church, and that's why it was called Collective Again, how we see through the book of Ephesians, there's this collective nature constantly being referred to. And Ryan would always say when we read the text, he would say, there's no you singular in the book, it's always y'all, you plural. And so um, there's that collective nature of the church that we were looking at, but not only, you know, and, and all you old school people who were around since the beginning, you understand how much we've emphasized what it means to be a collective church and why it's even our name and how it's informed so much of who we are and what we do. But we weren't just emphasizing the collective nature of the church, but we were also highlighting and identifying the threat to being a collective church, which is uh, individualism. And, you know, a lot of attention is given to consumerism in the church, which is not helpful for the church and has a, a damaging effect on the church. But sort of the sin under the sin in that regard is individualism. And individualism would seek to disrupt and distort the nature of the church. 
Because here's the thing, the church is not a club for the religiously like-minded to associate and gather together at their leisure for their personal benefit. That's not what the church is. The church is the gospel made people of God. We follow Jesus together. We belong as a family. We steward and invest our resources to engage the mission of God to reach people and make disciples. That's what we're about. But it was a great theme for us to get into as we had that opportunity to, to gather again. If we're coming together again after more than a year off, and how weird was that, right? That was taken from us. For us to gather together again, it's not for us to sort of like just passively kind of float into this new season. But how can we come back with intentionality to pursue the things that God is calling us to? Also this quarter, I mentioned earlier ago, um, about our Discover classes. So we were able to relaunch our Discover classes, which are designed to help people discover more about who we are as a church. It's really an attempt for us to sort of like lead with information to help you guys make informed decisions about what kind of connection and how you're gonna be connected to this church family, or even if you're gonna be collected, uh, connected to this church family. And so we, we launched those uh, Discover classes again and our hope that with these classes, it will help inform people about the decisions they're making about what role they're going to play. And some, of, some people are taking these classes out of curiosity to learn more about the church, which is totally appropriate. Uh, and then the others are taking these classes as part of the path to, to mission membership, which I referenced earlier. Discover Collective was at the end of June. And the Discover Collective was all about our, our mission, our vision, our values, our calling, our philosophy of ministry. Discover Doctrine, as I already mentioned, is tonight. We're going to look at the theology that shapes everything that we do and who we are as a church. And then Discover Mission Membership is the last class. And this is a class that you can come to to sort of learn about, okay, I keep hearing this reference to mission membership. What exactly is it and what is it all about? That's what, the, the, that's what Discover Mission Membership is all about. That's what that class is for. Still working with our venue to try to find a time that we can schedule that and get that on the books, but we'll let you know as soon as we can get that going. But um, this opportunity that we've now, we have again to, to gather in person has helped us see and sort of understand the after effects of the pandemic on our church and sort of where we're at at the moment. Most notably, um, there has been, and if you, you know, have been around for a while, you would notice this, uh, there's been about a 60% decrease in Sunday attendance compared to what it was pre-pandemic. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I'm sure everyone here knows somebody that moved out of the city, and it's not just those reasons, there's more to it than that. But 60%, about 60% about decrease in our Sunday attendance, which means overall, uh, engagement overall is is down, but that's sort of the situation we find ourselves in right now. And related to that is that we have a shortage of volunteers, which, which, is, which means we, and it's forced us sort of shut down and um, to fold four uh, ministry areas on Sunday. We've had to, we were unable to provide um, uh, ministry in those four areas uh, for our Sunday gatherings, and that's unfortunate. And of course, we'd love to have those ministries back and, and be better positioned to be able to, to serve people, but that's sort of where we're at right now. The pandemic has also affected uh, our finances uh, pretty significantly. We're not currently covering our expenses. Now, maybe I should rephrase that. We are covering our expenses. We're not going into debt. We have some money in the bank that due to past faithful giving, we've been able to have some money there. So we are covering our expenses. But as far as what the giving situation is, it's, it's, it's not covering our current uh, expenses. And so because of that, we are continuing to fall behind. 
and we talked a little bit about this last quarter where I said we were about a month and a half behind. We are now about uh, two and a half months behind. So as we go on throughout the year, we're progressively falling behind. So that's not awesome, but the Lord is faithful. Um, and it's also to be somewhat expected when, I, when, when like I said, when we, we lose about 60% of our Sunday attendance. Um, but that's not the whole story. There's something that we always want to sort of look at and understand when it comes to things like the giving situation, our finances, or even what I referenced earlier, what it means to serve here. We believe that serving and giving uh, both serve practical needs, but ultimately it's, it's way deeper than that. It's a discipleship issue. That's how we view serving and giving. There's actually a bunch of things that we view as a discipleship issue. But those two things in particular, since we're highlighting them, these are discipleship issues. They both require a reordering of our priorities where we seek first the kingdom of God, where we sort of like have to get past what we would rather do or what's good for us or what makes us comfortable. And then we decide we're gonna serve other people. And so like even right now, there's people sitting here right now in this room that might be new, and I'm sorry you have to sit through this, but church family, don't we want to serve these people, right? That's what it's about. That's our obligation. It's our duty. It's our heart's desire. We want to be obligated in that way and follow Jesus' call to love others and to serve others and to consider the well-being of others and put others before ourselves. And people come into our Sunday gatherings and we have no idea about their background. We have no idea about what's going on in their lives, but we have an opportunity to, to share the love of Jesus with them and eat, make eye contact with them, smile, at, uh, smile to them and, and ask them how they're doing and just um, try to make some sort of a personal connection. We're not into the customer service business. We're not trying to give people a good experience. We wanna be really upfront. We're trying to follow Jesus together. And as we are following Jesus together, we hope that that rubs off and people see the love that we have for one another and for Jesus. Scripture calls us to live like that. So these are all discipleship issues. It's part of following Jesus. It's always interesting um, uh, when we talk about stuff like this because not everyone here this morning or ever at our Sunday gatherings is part of our church family. And not, our, not everyone is, is a follower of Jesus. And if that's you, let me just say that we're glad that you're here. We're just excited that you, you get to be here to hear the message of Jesus. And we don't want anything from you. We don't expect you to serve. We don't expect you to give or anything like that. But for those that want to see our church thriving, for those that want to see collective thriving, for those that want to participate in the collective nature of our church, for those that care about collective church and our mission and our vision, to reach the west side, to reach people and make disciples. I just want to say to you, we need your help. Be straight up with you. And if you're already serving and giving regularly, I want to thank you so much for that. And uh, it, you're definitely making a difference. And if you're not in those categories of regularly serving and regularly giving, uh, we'd ask you to reconsider that and invite you to reassess your commitment to our church family and what it looks like for us to be responsible family members together how we can be responsible stewards of the things that God's entrusted to us to steward our time, our abilities, our resources to engage the mission of God. So regarding serving, we're asking people to serve once or twice a month. That's not that much. We think that's a bar that could be easily met. Uh, we would love to have your help so we can better serve people on Sundays. You choose the ministry area. 
You choose the Sundays that you serve. We would love to give you that opportunity. Regarding giving, the Bible teaches that we should give cheerfully and sacrificially, generously, and in proportion to our income. Here's the reality. It all belongs to God. And so it's not a matter of how much of my money I'm going to give to God, but it's more about how much of God's money am I going to keep and spend on myself. So when we sort of view that God is the owner of everything that we have, it then creates that opportunity. It's like, okay, I'm now a steward of that. Imagine if someone, and we've got a bunch of new babies in the room, or at least in our church family. I don't know if they're here today. But imagine if someone just gave you their newborn and said, hey, can you hold my kid for a second? <laughs> what would you be thinking? Okay, oh, first of all, if you agreed to do that, or if you're like me before I had kids, like, no, find somebody else. <laughs> but you're going to hold that kid, and there's no way you're going to drop that kid, right? And the second that kid makes a peep, you're going to freak out and try to comfort that kid and make sure that the kid is fine, right? There's a sense of stewardship. Like, this, this kid does not belong to me, and I don't want to be responsible for anything bad that happens to it, Right? Everything that we have, everything that we've been handed by, uh, has been handed to us by God. We think we've earned certain things. Maybe we work for a living and all that kind of stuff. That's still the Lord's hand blessing you with the the job in the first place. And then the pay that you receive uh, in in response to the work that you do, the the way that you are compensated. So we are stewards of of all that God has entrusted to us. And there's a biblical precedent that makes, when I talked about proportional giving, there's a biblical precedent that makes 10% a good starting point. Collective as a church, organizationally, we contribute more than 10% to church planning and other causes. Uh, I personally give more than 10% of my income. I'm not saying that to boast. I'm saying that to say I'm trying to practice what I preach. And if you want to double check on that, you can talk to Andrew. Raise your hand, Andrew. There's Andrew over there. He's our business admin. He can verify whether I am or not. And you can ask him about the other pastors. He's not going to tell you how much the pastors give, but he can verify whether they're doing their part. And I only say that to say transparency, honesty, willing to be held accountable, willing to go on the record. Andrew's our business admin. Our books. You can look at our books if you want to see our books. Um, Andrew would be happy to answer any questions that you have. Andrew is also a board member. But, um, so I'm not asking anyone to do that, that we're not already doing ourselves. And it's simply about investing God's resources in God's work. So here's where we go next. Here's what happens next. Um, our expenses are real. And so the board's going to be man, uh, monitoring our finances uh, more closely over the coming weeks. Uh, they'll be checking in on them on a very regular basis. They're not going to be checking individual giving. So they're not going to look up any of your names and, and make sure that any one of you are, are giving. It's not that. They're going to be looking at the, sort of the, the total picture uh, and the trajectory of our finances. And as they are monitoring our finances, they're going to have to make some decisions. And uh, if we have to make cuts, they've already said, we had a board meeting last week, and they clearly said there's no fat to trim from our budget. And so if we have to make any cuts, only significant cuts are going to make a difference. Nickel and diming, a little bit of this and a little bit of that is not going to make a difference. So only significant cuts are going to make a difference. So that means everything is on the table, and most obviously, this venue and whether we'll be able to stay in this venue or not. This is our, our biggest expense. So um, it's not just that even that we might have to even leave this venue eventually, um, 
But, I mean, finding venues on the West Side is notoriously difficult, and it's been made even more difficult with the pandemic, as so many places won't even rent out anymore. Even from a school situation, people they say, you know, why don't you meet in the school? Well, three quarters of the West Side is shut down. They won't rent to anybody. Whether it's LAUSD or Culver City School District, they will not rent out to, to, to churches right now. So we have even less options than we had before. And if you were around back in the day when we first got this place, you know how difficult that was. So I don't even know what that looks like, but that's the situation. Um, so the board's going to monitor and assess our position over the next three months. And if things don't improve significantly, we're going to be making significant changes by the end of the year or at or around the end of the year because our current, the way things are going, it's just, uh, it's just not sustainable. So this is the current situation, um, but it's not the way that it has to be. It might sound weird, but I'm actually kind of excited about this season we're in. I'm not crazy about the fact that we're losing people, that we're facing financial challenges, that we have to shut down ministry areas. And I'm not excited about those things. I don't think those are good things. But I am excited about sort of exploring and thinking through and praying through, Lord, what are you doing right now? And we can see from Scripture that the act of pruning is a good thing. It hurts at first. It doesn't seem right. It seems counterintuitive, right? Why would you cut off that perfectly good branch? And Ryan's a plant geek. He can explain it to you later. But the act of pruning leads to greater health and fruit bearing. And so if we're in a season where the Lord is pruning and cutting back some things, if that's where he's taking us right now in order to lead us on that path of what it really means to follow Jesus together and to work out greater health in our church community, then I say I'm all for it. We need to move forward in faith and obedience and not make apologies for how we are following Jesus and what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we're calling people to follow Jesus with us. Let's do this together. Let's move forward. Let's do this in a collective way. We're excited about the opportunities that will come up through the Discover classes as people engage and learn more about who we are and what we're about and the mission that we're on. And even how the Discover classes are part of, for those that want that, those, it's also part of the mission membership process. And we believe that this is really going to help rebuild a solid base of those who are committed to following Jesus together, belonging his family, stewarding our resources to engage the mission of God by reaching people and making disciples. I mentioned earlier that we're not going back to normal. Too much has already changed and quite honestly still needs to change. But we're going to move forward on mission together as a family. And, and as much as we're not going back to normal, some things are going to stay constant and will never change. What will never change is our mission to reach people and make disciples. That's why we planted Collective Church almost six years ago and that will always direct our efforts. At the Discover Collective class a few weeks ago, I laid all that out about what it means for us to be on mission together, reaching people and making disciples. I hope that you hear this as a consistent theme. This is our calling. This is our purpose. We take that from Matthew 28 in the Great Commission. And come hell or high water, maybe not come hell, because that would be weird. But <laughs> we're moving forward. And so the question is, are you with us? And if you're more casually acquainted with us and you sort of just show up from time to time or maybe even if you show up on a regular basis and you don't contribute very much, whether not serving, not giving, whatever it might be, first of all, I want to say you're welcome to be here. There are many reasons why people show up at a church, checking out Jesus and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. 
My biggest concern is for the people that are part of our church that identify themselves as being a part of our church family that aren't doing their part, aren't fulfilling their family obligation to, to help ensure that we're thriving and moving forward on mission. So do we want to reach the West Side for Jesus? Yes, we do. Do we want to reach people and make disciples? Yes, that is our calling. And so we're going to move forward. We're just going to keep going. Even what I said this morning, I hope you take it to heart. I don't necessarily think it's bad news. I think it's necessary news that we have an obligation to share with you, and we're happy to do that. I don't apologize for any of it. I'm not embarrassed about it. Um, but this is our family business. This is what matters. So, so now, as a family, we're going to move forward on mission for Jesus.